Take your Bibles, Acts chapter 13, verse 36 to 39. This is one of my messages. I call this a simplistic message with a magnanimous meaning. A simplistic message, a simplistic sermon with a magnanimous meaning and application. I want to leave something on the ground. Somebody called me the other day. I was talking to one of our folks, and they said, Bill, I'm making money that I'm never going to spend. I'm making money I'm never going to spend. I'm making money other people are going to spend. Now, I knew what he meant, that he had so much money and so much in reserve that he's never going to even spend it, and the money he's making is somebody else's kids are going to get it, grandkids are going to get it. And, he, and he, <clears throat> he says, I'm just making money. Other people are going to make the decisions on where to spend it. And I said, man, that's, that's notable. I said, you should, leave, you should leave some seed on the ground. You're planting trees other people sit under. That was another sermon I did on that. Plant some trees other people benefit. Because you've lived this thing called life, may you do good unto all men especially them of the household of faith. That's what the Bible said. Um, may, it be, may it be a wonderful thing that you were born and you lived and for God and you trusted him and served him. May it, may it be a good thing. I was thinking of Ben Atto and, man, I just love Ben. Ben, ben just, I couldn't, think of a, I couldn't think of a bad thing to say about Ben. If, if I would try, I couldn't think of a bad thing to say about Ben. I'm getting up a memorial service message on him, and uh, and we don't and we don't and we don't embellish anything. I mean, it's, you know, we're not going to preach somebody into heaven that's lived like the devil. I, I hate to go to a funeral like that. You know, a guy who, like lived like the devil, and you go to his funeral. He was such a nice man. We had that happen here at the gospel one time. A young forty-some-year-old got killed. And he had been on crack, and he had done all kinds of bad stuff, and, and he got, finally he got killed, and we had been having a funeral here at the church. And a lot of people got up and said, oh, so-and-so was so, so this and so this and so that, and, you know, so nice. And his employer got up here and said, I don't know who you people talking about. He said he was, he was not that way. He was not a nice. He was, and he was, he was right. He was right. But it's something about when you die that people just want to say nothing but, oh, there's, of course, I don't have to worry about that. He was so nice. Beware when all men speak well of you. I don't have that problem. But uh, let, me, let me go back here. This is Acts chapter 13. This is uh, the New Testament opinion of David. For David, after he had served his own generation, that's really the, that's really the theme of this by the will of God, fell on sleep and was laid up under his fathers and saw corruption. But he whom God raised again saw no corruption. Be it known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, that is Jesus, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, and boy, this is a beautiful verse. I hope you got it marked in your Bible, marked and circled somehow or another. By him, all the believer justified from how many things? Glory to God. I've had people tell me, preacher, I'm too evil, too wicked, too vile to be saved. God, the blood of Christ has never meant anybody too dirty that couldn't wash them white as snow. Amen? 
Your sin's not so bad that God can't wash you white as snow. When he died on the cross, he knew who he was dying for. He knew, he knew that all had sinned come short of the glory of God. He knew Romans chapter 3. He wrote it. There's no amount of sin in your past that you may have done that God couldn't negotiate or through the blood of Christ and forgive and wash you as white as snow. God forbid you go back after you've been saved, you know. And we still do sin even though we're saved. I hate that, but it's true. By him, all that believe are justified from how many things? All things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Man, people got into the law of Moses. They began to worship the system. They began to worship the structure. People do that with the New Testament church. Sometimes, exactly. Let me give an example. Church, just churches in our in our time. People think you can somehow buy buy uh, buy some goodies from God if you just go to church every day, take mass every day, you know, seven a.m. If you go in there and do that every day, no matter how you really act, you're going to be okay because you've done good works. Or you give money to something, you're going to be let in. Somehow you're going to be able to influence God. There's only one thing that ever influences God the Father is the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son. And if you don't have faith in that blood, you don't get forgiven, and you have to answer for the deeds on your body, whether it be good or bad. So all that work... Are justified from all things? No. All they that believe. Now, if you believe, you do work. But you don't get saved by that. You don't get saved. 95% of religions in the world really are work-based religions. Jehovah's Witnesses are work-based. Mormons are work-based. Now, they're going to tell you Seventh-day Adventists are work-based. He was raised Seventh-day Adventist. He knows. They're work-based. They want to tell you, though, oh, no, we're saved by grace, but you got to keep the law of Moses which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Paul's preaching in Antioch there in Bethsaida on his first missionary journey in Acts chapter 13. Paul in his preaching lays out their justification by faith in Jesus Christ who has been raised from the dead. The promise of his coming one through Abraham, David, are now fulfilled. He has provided a way to be justified from all things through the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom he whom was seen after the resurrection by many witnesses, 500 at one time. God has provided this salvation without the law through faith. How was Abraham saved? Abraham believed God and it was counted in him for righteousness. That's New Testament and Old Testament. It's spoken both in the Old Testament and and has spoken well in the new, Romans chapter 4, 5. And so we believe God. Do you believe God tonight? I just believe God. I believe Him. I like your song. You didn't know it was going to go so well with my message. Believe, trust, and love. Have faith in God. Faith in God. I like to, and I've quoted it so many times, nothing in my hands I bring, only to the cross I cling. Uh, when, if I ask you, why, why should God let you into heaven? Your answer should not even hint on because you've been good, tried to do good, or you've done, you, if it even hints in that area, you're wrong. You're outside looking in. If I ask you, if you died, if you died, why would God let you into heaven? If it isn't everything about Jesus, 
It's because of the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ that purchased my salvation. If it doesn't go to back, if it doesn't go to Jesus and what he did for you and your simple childlike faith in his, his finished work that he has propitiated you before God, then you don't have it. You're on the wrong, you're on the wrong road. You need to be saved. We're saved by faith or we're not saved at all. But I like this, I like this uh, interesting statement here where it says, for David, after he had served his own generation. Now, you know, I'm concerned about ending well. I've been concerned about ending well when I was younger, not just because you say, well, you're old, getting old now, so you're worried about it. No. I was concerned about ending well at 18 years old. I was concerned about ending well my whole, through my whole life. I, want, I realized there had, listen, common sense tells you there's going to be an end some. There's going to be an end game. There's going to, there was a beginning, and there has to be an end. So you might as well be thinking about the end even when you're young. You all think, why? Because you're not going to get somewhere if you don't plan on going there. Is this just not horse sense, which is stable thinking? I mean, this is just not common sense, folks. You're not going to end well if you don't plan on ending well. You've got to put that at the top of your priority. I want to end well with God by the grace of God. I want to do right. I don't want to live on this, this thing called life was just a one-shot hit or miss, uh, and, and if you miss it, you miss it, and you can't go back and recover it. I don't want to wake up on the other side horrified at myself that I missed God's great opportunity on this side. One of my prayers to God through the years is, Lord God, don't let me do something wrong that later on I'm going to be looking back and go, oh, no, how did I, oh, I had that completely wrong. Don't let me get your teaching wrong. Don't let me get the doctrine of the Bible wrong. I want to, I want to have it. I want, to, I want to know what you want me to know. I have no will but to just know what you want me to know as I approach the Bible. <clears throat> See, it's not so much what I do on this side that bothers me. It's what I don't do. You know, there's a sin of he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it's sin. Sin is not always going and doing something wicked. It's, sin can be not doing something good. The Holy Spirit comes by your house and says he, want, he, want, he wants you to help somebody or go over there and give them the gospel and you don't do it. That's sin to you. It's sin because disobedience, disobedience, all, anything that's not of faith is sin. My sins are blotted out, buried in the deep of sea as far as the east is from the west in Christ Jesus. But my works will follow me. My deeds, I'm someday going to give an account for before the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, it's going to be mighty embarrassing because it's not going to just be a private session between you and Jesus. I believe it's going to be before the whole host of heaven. The judgment seat of Christ seems to be uh, before the whole host of heaven. You know, it says in Hebrew we have a whole cloud of witnesses. A whole cloud of witnesses have gone ahead of us. I want to fulfill my personal responsibility to my generation for Jesus' sake. How about you? David did. He left a legacy. Book of Psalms. I believe Brother Chris in his Sunday school class taught on a book of Psalms today. What a book. Um, <clears throat> he's one of the top three men in the entire 4,000-year history of the Old Testament. David served his generation, leaving 
us some of what to do and not to do. Examples of what happens when we get careless. He told, he gave us that and loose and stepped back away from God. Yeah, he taught us that too. But he also taught us how to love God. He taught us how to be tender towards God. And, and the psalm, you know, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. One of my favorite, probably my 23rd chapter of the book of Psalms may be the favorite of all chapters in the book of Psalms. But there's many good chapters, chapter 8, chapter 19, chapter 22, chapter 24, uh, chapter 34, chapter 32, chapter 51, chapter 37. These are all real big chapters. And on you can go on through the, the Psalms. Tremendous book. He left, he left some seed. He got to leave some. I'm still enjoying, uh, let's see, how far? Almost 3,000 years from David. I'm still enjoying some of the stuff that God let, allowed him to leave. Amen? I want some people to enjoy some of the stuff that I've left. I want them to be benefited from some stuff. From the, stuff. the people I've been able to lead to Christ or show Jesus to that got saved, that's an eternal thing, man. You don't lose it. You get that. That's a benefit for all eternity. That's beautiful. But he served his generation. Each of us has a responsibility to serve our generation. Just like Esther of old, I believe you were born for such a time as this. You young people in this room, you say all the days, you'll hear us old people sometimes. And really, we should not do this as old people. This is something we should not do. We should not discourage our young people by telling them how good the good days were, the, old, the, old, the good old days. You ought not to really talk to them about the good old days. You know why? It's superfluous. It doesn't make any difference what it was like. What makes a difference is what it's like right now. Now, it may give them hope that things can get better. If you're going to use that for that, the things may get like it used to be back then. And why not? Tell me why not. Tell me why we can't have a revival in America. Is God's arm short and it cannot save? Is somehow the God of Elijah not here any longer? Can he not do the things he once did? He can well, you say, brother, I think we're in the last time. They know a social coming son. But I mean, I know all those verses. But what I don't know is, time, is God's timetable. And I know that if God's people, which are called by him, his name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways and seek his, then he'll hear from him, forgive their sin, and heal their land. He seems to put it in your hands. What, how do you want? How do you want your country to end? What we're doing here tonight at Gospel Baptist is most the most you can. Let me tell you, we at Gospel Baptist and any other independent, fundamental, Bible-believing church is doing everything they know to do to save America and anything they know to do that actually will save America, we're doing it. How? What is that, preacher? We're obeying the Bible. And if you want God to come and heal our land, it won't be healed through politics, really. It won't be healed through economics, it will be healed by God and the repentance of his people. Not the heathen. Us. My people called by my name. Second Chronicles 7.14. That's not what I'm talking about. but I believe you're born for such a time as this. You're, this is your moment in time. Like Esther of old. Well, how do we do that? Three, three simple things I want to talk tonight. First, in serving Jesus. Getting saved and right with God is your first responsibility. It's your first responsibility to yourself and to your generation. The best thing you can do for your generation 
is to trust Christ as your Savior. That changes everything. That makes you from a bad citizen to a good citizen. It makes you from liability to an asset. Uh, being saved just takes care of a whole myriad of trouble, doesn't it? Amen? You don't have to convince saved people that taking life is wrong. You don't have to get out there and put billboards up for them. They, are, they got it. They read the Bible. They know God. They, I'm talking about really born again folks. So when you get saved, making Jesus number one in your life is the best thing you ever, you've ever done. The best thing I ever did for my son is getting saved. The best thing I ever did for my family was get saved. The best thing I ever did for my wife was get saved. The best thing I ever did for my neighborhood was get saved. The best thing I ever did for my country was get saved. The best thing I ever did for my generation was to get saved. If you're an honest Christ-like one, you will not cause damage. There's a few places in the Bible. Philippians 2.15 says we're to be Harm, blameless and harmless amidst a crooked and perverse generation. You can look it up later, Philippians 2.15. It says in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, he says, I send you out among, I send you like sheep among wolves. But he tells me, I want you to be harmless as doves. He says in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26, that Christ was harmless. Christ himself was harmless. We're here not to harm people. We're here to help people. We're here to lift them towards heaven, lift them towards the light. We're, here not, we're not here to harm. And if you'll be right with God, it'll be a blessing every direction. In every direction, you'll be a blessing. You'll not hurt people. You will bless them. You'll not steal from your neighbor. They can give you their checkbook, and you won't take a dime. You won't take a dime. Man, you can't buy that. You can't legislate that. You can't make law to make that happen. But God will make it happen. Um, you'll not kill, commit adultery, lie, covet. You'll just seek to help people, prosper folks, express the true love of God for their welfare. You'll go about doing good to all men, especially those of the household of faith. You cannot serve your generation unless you make peace with God first. So, that is true, by the way. That's Bible. You can't have peace from God until you know the God of peace. So, the first step in changing your world is for you to get right with God. That's the first step. Are you right with God? You've got to ask yourself a question. Am I where God wants me to be? That's what being right with God is all about. Am I doing, to the best of my knowledge, to the best of what the Holy Spirit's let me know up to this moment in my life, am I doing what God has asked me to do? That is the best thing you can do for your generation. Absolutely the best thing. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And you can look where the context is on that, and that's basically everything else in life. Everything else in life will be added to you. You just make God and his kingdom number one in your life. That's Jesus, so make Jesus number one. Secondly, to help your generation, serve others. Serve others. God so loved the world that what did he do? He gave. God's expression of his love is always in giving of himself. 
to others. I think of the beautiful flowers in Florida, man, where Florida flowers. And I have purposely at my five acres planted things that bloom. Recently I've done a, I think it's a Chinese orchid. Is that right, Kathy? We had planted a Chinese orchid. And I put a bunch of bloom special on it. That's uh, the middle number is real big. And wow. Wow. The colors of those flowers, the texture of those flowers, the hummingbird. I look at that flower and I'm enamored with a designer. Sunday school. I'm enamored with a designer. I'm awed by him. I worship him in spirit and in truth. I can't wait to see him. He that made that. Think of the flowers. The variety of the flowers. God is a God of variety. What am I going to do in heaven? I'll be bored. No, you're so stupid. You know, I mean, don't you worry about what you're going to do in heaven. You will be so occupied in heaven You won't have to worry about being bored. You're not going to be up on some cloud playing the same old song every day. That's man's version of heaven, brother. Look around at the variety of insect kingdom. Look around at the variety of the fish kingdom. Look around at the variety of the animal kingdom. I mean, look around at the microbe, uh, bacteria, and kingdom, and all these other things that God... Man, he is a God of the of variety. I don't think we're ever for all eternity going to stop. But just to admire, admire him and worship him. The Bible says his servant shall serve him. That's what we're going to do. We're going to serve him. And so we serve others. As God's children, we follow his example, right? And people say, I'm a follower of Jesus. Okay, then what are you going to do? You're going to help others. What did Jesus do? He gave himself for others. So Jesus' purpose in life was to give himself for others, give himself for you. So if I'm going to be like Jesus, what do I do? I give myself for you. I'm still preaching at 69 years old, not because I want to. I should be out in Bermuda shorts hitting some little, uh, whatever that shuffleboard game is. But I'm still working, and I'm working pretty much with all I got to work and all the energy I can muster because I'm serving you. And when you don't want me, you just tell me, and I'll be glad to put my shorts on. Actually, I don't wear shorts. If you've ever seen my legs, you, you would say, Keep, hide them, babies, because I've seen cadavers look better than that. But, but I'm, I, 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 I'm only doing what I do because God wants me to do it, and it's for you. I'm serving Jesus, and I'm serving you. I'm trying to help. To leave some, something on the ground. To do something good. Why? I want to be like Jesus. Because that's what he did. He gave himself. And by the way, 2,000 years of his followers. Look at his followers and how they've laid their lives down for him. So I want to be like him and I want to be like those who followed him. And I have a big long history of people who I know that followed him. And so I want to do the same thing. That's That's beautiful. God's expression of love was to give. I want to give. Helping others get saved and have peace with God is number one. Number one. Help people get saved and have peace with God. 
Help them be a blessing, not a bane, on their families and their friends and their children. Point them to the book, the blood, and the blessed hope. In Philippians uh, 2.3, it says, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Every one of us should keep that in our mind. I'm not here for me. Let me tell you, selfishness has no place with God. Selfishness has no place with God. Selflessness has a ministry with God. That's who Jesus was. That's who most of his followers have been like him and given him, they've given themselves for others. That's why people volunteer to stuff around here. You got to beat them back because they're trying to serve others and trying to serve God. It's beautiful to work with them. It's beautiful to work with people like Ben Atto who loved others, wanted to help others, come to know Jesus. He knew the best thing he could do for America, the best thing he could do for his family, the best thing he could do for his county, the best thing he could do for anyone was to see somebody get saved. Jim McCullum had the same vision, same vision. Ernie Stewart, same vision. The original people I worked with here, same vision. They help others. Hope you have the same. Serve your generation by serving Jesus and serving others. Thirdly, and this may surprise you a little bit, serve yourself. Serve yourself. Now, you may have already picked up on this. Jesus, others, and you. How do you spell joy? Jesus, others, and you. That's how you spell it. Being a blessing. Serving yourself may seem strange, that statement but it's part of serving your generation. How can I serve myself, Brother Bill? Well, here's how. Read the Bible. What and how can I do myself good? Read the Bible. Know the Bible. I'm 18 years old. I'm just right, I just get right with God. I had sat under some tremendous evangelists and some tremendous preachers, and the Holy Spirit whispered, I, I kind of, you know, the Holy Spirit and I, during the services, sometimes we'd have little chats together, and, and I'd say, man, Lord God, I want to I know the Bible. I want to know the Bible like that guy knows the Bible, and I, and, and, and I didn't know any of the Bible. I didn't, I'm not sure I could quote John 3, 16, and, and I said, boy, I'd love to know the Bible. I hear him quoting verses and going over the Bible like he's been over that so many times, like he's so comfortable with it. Oh, God, help me to be like that man. And the Holy Spirit says, you got it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Now, he doesn't do Shazam, and you got the whole Bible memorized. That's not God's way. You say you want it, he'll say you're going to have to want it every morning. You're going to have to want it every night. You're going to have to want it every day. In other words, it's not just a passing emotion. It is a character-based decision. I hope you know the difference in those. I know you do. So how can I help myself? Stay in the Word of God. Read the Word of God. Meditate on the Word of God. Stay away from evil people and all things that would take you away from the things of God. Intercede for those around you in prayer. I like Psalm 1. My, oh my, it starts right off. It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in a constantly ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. It bringeth forth his fruit in his season. 
and his leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's serving yourself. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You want to help yourself? Obey Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Or if you don't like yourself, be like, the, be like verses 4 through 6 where it says the ungodly, those who don't care about God, are not so. They're like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. If you want to live this life, blow the whole thing, get nothing afterwards, leave nothing for anybody else, and, and take and be a taker, then just miss Jesus and live for yourself. That'll, that'll do it. I call this, by the way, the trickle up. The trickle up theory. You know, Reagan, Ronald Reagan, he had the trickle down. And that was, by the way, that is a good rule of economics, trickle down. Don't punish the rich people because they're who give us the work. Don't overtax the rich people because all they'll do is go put all their money in the, in the Cayman Islands. They're not stupid. They'll put it in some other country that doesn't tax them. They'll leave America. Trump had a great grip on that. He had a tremendous grip on that. This guy here, he don't know what day it is. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not being hard on him. I mean, that was easy. But he's God's, he's God's man for us, so that tells you the trouble we're in. But as you serve Jesus and serve others and serve yourself, there's an up spiral that's created, a vortex, as it were, that pulls everything around you upward and towards heaven. It's, a, it's, it's like a constant good. It's, and it works in marriage tremendously. I got saved and began serving others and, our, and, and, and myself in the process, biblically, and this encouraged others who were married around us that witnessed it. And we encouraged our son in that way, and he's, he's doing it. And he, we encourage others, and, we encourage, and they encourage others, and, and so on. And I, I try to be an encouragement. I try to work the same thing with my woman. I told you this before, a real simple, real simple formula for being happily married is continually build your wife up. Continually try to help her. Continually serve her. And continually, uh, and, and then she'll do the same to you. She'll come up to you and say once in a while, what's in it for me? And you'll say, well, I, I fixed your flat tire the other day. Uh, I did this. And she'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Sometimes they forget. They, they get a little mind. They get a little, they get a little, they may get a little bit of a little Alzheimer's or something. But, uh, but really what's in it for you is that you got a full-time free maintenance guy. That's what you got. And uh, plus I'm her protector. Even if I put my hat over the manger scene. It's an up spiral. And if you live for Jesus, others, and you, the way God wants you to, it creates an up spiral in your life. Tom, you know what it is. Jamie, you know what it is. You're, you're, you're experiencing it. Isn't life wonderful? Being a born-again Christian, having served God? Now, what if you'd have not done that? Well, how horrible that would be now. What would you have? Nothing. But now you've got all this stuff. And by the way, it can't be undone. What you do, in the, it cannot be undone. That up spiral stuff is, is forever 
settled in heaven, brother. It's the deeds done your body. Will they be good or bad? If you do good deeds. The Bible says every idle word you speak will be given account of in that day. That means the good words that you speak are recorded in heaven and cannot be undone. I want a bunch of good words. When I die, I want to face a bunch of good words, even though I've said some stupid, stupid, stupid stuff. Only God knows the power of the local church full of folks who are serving their generation. Only God knows. I'm, I'm not trying to puff you up, but you, you folks tonight are the only hope for America. I'm not trying to puff you up. I'm not, I'm not trying to in any way inflate your ego or flatter you. But if you want to live for Jesus, others, and you the way God wants you to, you literally are the only hope for America. You're, you're God's hope for America. That's why we want to be zealous of good works. Uh, but not just America. America affects the whole world. Amen? Missionaries have gone all over the world from America. We have influenced Christianity all over the world. Every continent, almost every country, there's a missionary somewhere out there serving from, from America and have been for all these years since, since God moved from England to here. And, and we want to keep that by the grace of God because look what God has done for America because they've put him first. He put them first. He's put America first. And America is where everybody wants to come, evidently, and where everybody wants to live. In Haiti, they refer to us as as heaven. You may have told you that. You, you live in heaven, they said. The young Haitians would say, you live in heaven. What's heaven like? I said, it's not heaven. It's not heaven. The Bible tells you heaven's going to be way better than what. But I got to, when, I, when they would say that to me, I would say, maybe I just don't, maybe I don't have a good grip myself on where I live. Maybe I need to pinch myself a little bit more and say, you ought to, I ought to be thankful when I walk into a Publix and all those shelves are stocked. Now, you can't say that about Lowe's anymore because half their shelves are empty. The supply chain problem. I'll tell you, a good old supply chain problem, maybe I'm wake, maybe wake born again Christians up. I don't know. But boy, you and I can make a difference. You are important for God and His kingdom and you're important for the people who live around you, in your country, in your county. This county is a good county to live in, Lee County. Why? Because there's so many Christians in Lee County, that's why. It's not because we're, we're uh, GOP or Democrat. Or it's because there are so many Christians in Lee County. God's hand been upon Lee County and blessed Lee County in so many ways. It's been a peaceful place to live. I told somebody at the door the other day about, I said, I want to invite you to Gospel Baptist Church. I said, we're pro-police. In fact, I did it to a few houses, didn't I? I said, we're pro-police. We're pro-military. We're pro-Jesus. And we're pro-Trump. They said, I agree with all four of them. I, what I didn't say is pro-Israel. I should have put pro-Israel in there. He'd agree with that too. 
Because if you line up on those, there's reasons why you line up. Now, if you voted for Biden in here, I'm sorry. But and you may have your reasons for doing it. And by the way, you have freedom, and I'd die for the freedom to have you vote for anybody you want to vote for. If you voted for Kamala, I mean, I'll tell you what, you got the right. People have shed their blood on the beaches of foreign islands so that you could do that. I think it's stupid, but nevertheless, <laughs> there's a God in heaven to help us. Lord God, help us tonight. Help us to uh, leave some seed on the ground to serve our generation. In the moments and the time you give us to do, help us to serve our generation. I think of Ben Atto tonight. He served his generation. He did what he could to make this a better place and have Jesus exalted. Father, help us to end like he ended. Father, God in heaven, come. There may be some in this room that haven't made the decision to make Jesus number one in their life. And because they haven't done that, they haven't had others being number one or, and they haven't concentrated on obeying God. Maybe tonight you want to make that decision. Why not? I'm telling you with all my heart, the years I've lived, there's no other way to save America than what I just preached. You come. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239 947 one two eight five. Thank you and God bless.